this was from Mother Earth News. So over the last 50 years, the amounts of proteins, calcium, phosphorus, iron, riboflavin, and vitamin C in conventionally grown fresh fruits and vegetables have significantly declined. We know this thanks to the rigorous analysis of the USDA nutrient data by biochemist Donald Davis at the University of Texas. And what he's finding is that there are similar trends also discovered in the United Kingdom. Welcome to Salad with a Side of Fries. I'm your host, Jen Trepic, talking wellness and weight loss for real life. We're here to clear up the myths, misinformation, bad science, and marketing to teach you how to eat and how to cheat. Are you ready? I'm having salad with a side of fries. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are here for yet another Wednesday, a wellness Wednesday, if you will. So today's conversation is the state of our food. And I sort of think about it like the state of the union, <laughs> right? sort of. Equally um, important right now, probably. Right. Lauren is back with us again. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah. So today we're talking about, we're going to focus on fruits and vegetables. And I'd like to think that no matter what food plan anyone is following, you know, even if it's not a formal food plan, we know that we want to focus on eating vegetables and fruit and balancing our nutrition and actually focusing on nutrition. So today we're going to dive into that and focus on fruits and vegetables and kind of the quality of our fruits and vegetables in our country. I, I, right. I'm anxious to hear what really the quality is because who knows what or how it's diminished right over time. I mean, that's something I've talked about with my family, how fruit has changed, how its appearance has changed. Um, and, you know, I think that that's something that's really important for other people to know how, how to choose the right foods, you know, and uh, the information they need to do that at the grocery store, at the farmer's market, et cetera. Exactly. Right. So there's a lot of conversation around the quality and sources of our uh, produce or sorry, our meats and proteins, right. which is a whole other <laughs> conversation. Uh, so today we're talking about produce, right? So the fruits and fruits vegetables. vegetables, right? So with the program I teach, which I sort of call the nutrition education, we're all supposed to know, but no one ever taught us. We give the guideline that people want to be eating six to twelve servings of vegetables per day, and about two servings of fruit per day, which is probably unlikely, but it's a lot, right? Right. I mean, it's a lot, um, and. The truth is, even with all of that, a lot of us probably are not getting all the nutrients that we need. Um, and that comes down to our farming practices. But let's just talk for a second about the current condition of our produce. So the bottom line is, um, in 1950, you ate 100 grams of spinach, you would be getting 150 milligrams of vitamin C. Okay. My da- I'm just thinking about the timeline. My dad was five, so. Right. Okay. So your dad, at five years old, right. got 150 milligrams of vitamin C from eating 150 grams of spinach, or sorry, 100 grams of spinach. In 1994, Okay. so, you know, not even yesterday, right? right? So in 1994, the same 100 grams of spinach had 13 milligrams of vitamin C. Which is startling and scary and lots of other right i mean eating 10 times the amount of spinach right you still wouldn't be getting the same vitamin c as 100 grams of right spinach when your dad was five so our food quality is not the same 
And why is that, right? Why do our foods not have the nutrients? So there's a few reasons for that. Um, first and foremost, our farming practices, we've evolved to be able to get more crop out of the same plot of land, right? right? And a lot of people don't realize, but the nutrients in our food come from the soil. Correct. So if we right. have the same amount of soil, but twice as much crop coming out of it, that nutrient density is split between twice as many fruits and vegetables in the output. Right. Well, and I mean, this is a, maybe a totally different point, but it, it's maybe looked at as more of a business, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Our farming practices and economics create a situation such that we have to get more output right. from the land. Right. The, also, I think when we were kids and we learned about farming practices, there was this idea of crop rotation. Yeah. Where you didn't necessarily plant the same crop. Yes, that still happens, but not to the same extent. Because we have people who are corn farmers and we have people who are tomato farmers. And if all you ever grow is this one crop, right. you don't have that alternating thing. So those fruits and vegetables are always pulling the same nutrients from the soil. So our soil is depleted. Right. It's also seasonal, right, in some places. Like there are certain things, right, eggplant, tomatoes, things that come from New Jersey, right? But it's a seasonal crop. You're not growing eggplant in the middle of, right, winter. Exactly, exactly. And we'll get to that in two seconds. But so let's take, for instance, the argument that our soil doesn't have what it needs. And our foods only get soil, sorry, get nutrients from the soil when they're connected to the vine. As okay. soon as we pick them, they're done getting nutrients from the soil because they're no longer connected to the soil. Right. right? Yeah. So... When that happens, when we let our foods ripen on the vine, and then they travel potentially hours or days to get to the grocery store near you, because I don't know about you, but yes, in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut, there are farms, but they don't have the same crops all year round. And in our grocery stores, you can buy apples all year round. Right. Well, you, you can buy grapefruit all year round. Right. Well, but you think about places that are known, like Florida is known for its citrus, right? Georgia for its peaches. So if you're in the grocery store and you're buying something that's right, a Georgia peach or a Florida grapefruit, right? Exactly. It didn't get there in five minutes, right? It came from that place. And during that transition, it was losing nutrients, like you're saying. It's not even so much that it loses nutrients in the transition. It's that if we wait till it's ripe to pick it, it goes bad by the time it gets to the grocery store. Okay. So if you want it to be ripe and beautiful, because a lot of us go to the grocery store and we pick the pretty things, right? <laughs> like most of us, you know, we don't want the bruised apple. Right. If we wait, then by the t if we wait to pick it, then by the time it gets to the grocery store, it's bad. So it's often picked such that when it gets to the grocery store, it's ripe. It looks pretty. Right. <laughs> So it's ripening off the vine. So okay. it's not even getting nutrients through the ripening process. Okay. Right. right. Now, to take your whole thing about the commute of our foods even further, most of our fruits and vegetables are not even made in the U.S. So here are the statistics because... It's kind of mind-boggling. So the commute is extensive, is what is the point right, you're getting. Okay. Right. So the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, in January 2017, published 
that nearly 70% of our vegetables and 40% of our fruit are imported. Okay. Okay. Just for a time frame, right? Because we were talking 1950 to 1994. Here, so that was 2017. In 2015, the USDA reported that 44% of our fruits and vegetables were imported. So 2015 to 2017, we've gone from 44 to 70 for our vegetables. I mean, we're not on the right trajectory here. No, certainly (laughs) not. But I guess the question remains, why, right? What's happening and, and why is, right, the government agency that's overseeing are right the the farming and the foods why are they allowing this to happen and why are they not doing something uh since they're aware of everything you just explained about the transition of the food and what what it's then the state that it's in then when we're actually purchasing it and putting it in our bodies good question I wish I knew more specifically the answer. Well, I'm not even saying you should. I'm saying they should. And why are they not fixing it? (laughs) Yeah. And I think they're not fixing it because ultimately with the quantity of food that we eat. And waste. And waste. for Absolutely. That we waste also. um, We are headed for a food shortage. I was reading something recently that said by 2050, there's an expectation of a food shortage. And so I think it's... A, economics, and B, saying, okay, we need supply, and our focus is supply versus quality. Quantity over quality. So uh, this is interesting, just to kind of further the point, although maybe it's not necessary. Uh, This was from Mother Earth News. So over the last 50 years, the amounts of proteins, calcium, phosphorus, iron, riboflavin, and vitamin C in conventionally grown fresh fruits and vegetables have significantly declined. We know this thanks to the rigorous analysis of the USDA nutrient data by biochemist Donald Davis at the University of Texas. And what he's finding is that there are similar trends also discovered in the United Kingdom. So even countries where they have uh, more strict guidelines on their food supply and what can be in their foods, we're seeing this trend. And so it's not unique to us. you know, the other thing that came out of this was wheat grown 100 years ago had twice as much protein as modern varieties of wheat. So wow. it's kind of across the board. You know, and the reasoning, we talked about, you know, picking food before it's ripe. That's right. called green harvesting, actually. So that's a piece of it. Pasteurization, long-term storage, all of those right. play a role in kind of how we got to this point. And the fact that true... Like most of us, we want to choose foods that look good. We don't want to right. buy the rotten egg. No. You know? So what's come from that is now we go into our grocery store and we say, okay, I want to choose the highest quality foods. What do I choose? And I think the biggest thing about this is that we really have choices between GMO, genetically modified, organic, and local. And this is really the crux of our conversation, right? So how do we identify and how do we choose between GMO, organic, and local? Right. So let's start with GMO for a second because, again, I don't want to turn this into a crazy, you know, pro or con GMO. Just to kind of put the baseline out there. So GMO stands for Genetically Modified Organism. 
And that refers to plants, animals, or other organisms whose genetic material has been changed in ways that do not occur naturally. So non-GMO claims that the food is made without ingredients that were derived from genetically engineered organisms. So genetically modified foods is how we get the apples that are the size of your head. That are 10 times the size of the ones my grandmother Eight or right her exactly. observations so, on the gen, you know overall the size of fruit how it's right. changed or the banana that's you know <laughs> seventeen inches long right. and you're like well this doesn't seem natural it's probably not so when it comes to GMO a lot of our fruits and vegetables are not necessarily labeled GMO I think the biggest indicator and to identify it is sort of does it look too perfect is it a non natural size right. Right. And, you know, as like your average consumer, and I'm relatively educated on this topic, I still go into the grocery store and I don't want the mushy, you know, raspberries or blueberries or whatever berries I'm buying or or fruit in general. Right. I'm going to buy the pretty raspberries because I don't want them to sit in the colander after I wash them and be an even bigger, you know, pile of of mush. Right. Right. So it's like... That actually brings up a really interesting thing. So I don't know, just for anybody out there, if you ever have a piece of fruit or produce that is not ripe, you can put it next to anything that is ripe and it will ripen the thing. So I particularly use this with avocados. Okay. Um, You know, like when you get an avocado that's rock hard, you can put it next to any piece of fruit or vegetable that is ripe and it will ripen. And so that's why one bad berry ruins the bunch because that one is overripe or it's gone bad and now everything around it is continuing to ripen. Right. Well, and sometimes you'll get one that has mold, right? And there'll be like two or three around it and then, yeah. And then it's fine. So, yes, if you have the extra minute, take a look. Pick the one that doesn't have the gross berries in it to the extent that you can. But I also say to people... And we'll get into this when we talk about organic, but you know, don't drive yourself nuts, right? Figure out what's reasonable for you. If the alternative is a Big Mac from McDonald's, by all means, eat whatever berries are there. <laughs> eat the GMO right? berries. Eat, eat whatever. <laughs> if you know the choices that we're willing to make evolve over time, and our commitment level to what we're eating changes over time. So, so one more thing, just regarding GMOs and GMO genetically modified there's sort of two different types of genetically modified there's the genetically modified where you're mixing two different types of seeds to come up with like a new food like a hybrid exactly so there's the grapple which is apples and grapes right um i actually just read about a lab in the u.s working on a peach flavored strawberry okay interesting I don't know. Not sure what purpose it serves, but it's interesting nonetheless. And then there are the GMOs that are added to make an apple not brown after you cut it. And those are currently available in the United States at your regular grocery store. And that's where I'm sort of like, okay, but an apple should brown. (laughs) Right. So I, I don't know. I mean... Those are the ones where I feel like it looks like an apple, it tastes like an apple, but it doesn't act like an apple. Right. Is one worse? I'm, I'm just curious, right? So if you're mixing two seeds that are right, naturally occurring, 
And, right, so not necessarily a peach-flavored strawberry, right? But I've seen, like, the pluot, right, or these other sort of hybrid fruits. Is that so bad? Or is that as bad, right, as, like, a GMO apple? I guess is the question. My educated common sense feels like that's not as bad as the GMO that we call Roundup Ready, right? Where they can be sprayed with Roundup. So, you know, a farmer can spray the entire field with Roundup, the fruits and vegetables stay alive, and the weeds die. Okay. That feels troubling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. R- right? Right. And, and a food should go bad, you know? Right. And the fact that we're eating foods that are covered in Roundup and all of these things. Um, I would then wonder if it's not going bad, what's happening to it once we eat it? Well, exactly. Right. I How think- is our body breaking it down if a pesticide isn't even doing anything to it? Maybe that's oversimplifying it, but... No, well, that's kind of where my head's at with the whole thing, too. Like, like the bugs know enough not to eat it. Right. But we think it's fine for us. I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's part of it that we don't fully understand yet. Right. Um, and that's a piece of this, too, especially when it comes to genetically modified soy. Guys, like, most of the con- most of the soy in our country is genetically modified, and... There just isn't enough data on it. There isn't enough research. It's not, it hasn't been around long enough for us to really know the true implications of all of this. And so I think we're making assumptions that it's okay. Right. And it, I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's the first alternative people, well, for a long time, right? It, I, my assumption is it would have been the first um, dairy alternative that people turned to because I think it was the, the one that was most readily available for a sure. long time. Now there are so many others, but. Exactly. And here's the other thing, Lauren, you know, to your point about is it safe for us if it's not safe for the other things. So what they're spraying on our produce are neurotoxins and known carcinogens. Fantastic. (laughs) So they're actually finding residue in cereals, imitation meats, wine in California. Right. Um... Those are called glyphosites, okay. and that's what they're finding in our foods that are sprayed with all of this stuff. So the things that survive being sprayed with that, I think are almost more likely that we're consuming those things. Right. So it's just, I recommend erring on the side of caution, but like I said, like don't drive yourself crazy. Do what you gotta do. You make the choices that make sense for you where you are right. in your life with your commitment to your health. It it almost seems like completely eliminating these things is unavoidable. Completely eliminating them is unavoidable because they're sort of in everything, it sounds like, right? From fruits and vegetables, right? In in produce, they're appearing in cereal, they're right, so I'm not sure how you could completely avoid it. And you go to a restaurant and you have no idea what the restaurant Correct. is using. Right. I mean, Lord knows I don't go to a grocery store, so all my food is coming from a restaurant right. somewhere and I'm at their mercy. Right. But I mean, it, everybody goes out to eat. Everybody orders food. I mean, especially, right, as New Yorkers. So I think it's hard to have con- constant control over the food that you're putting in your body. Yeah, which is why my approach is sort of Pick your battles. Right. 
when you do have control over it, make the best choices that are accessible to you, you know, and go on and live your life. Like if you, if you end up in a situation where you're not living life, then I think it becomes no longer practical and maybe you're doing more of a detriment to yourself than you realize, right? Like there is actually, this is sort of another tangent and probably a whole other topic, <laughs> um, but there is sort of one of the quote unquote latest eating disorders is this going overboard with eating quote unquote healthy and being super controlled about organic or things like that where it's, it starts out really healthful and can snowball right. to a place that's not. When it comes to GMO, again, you know, and organic and all this, like don't drive yourself nuts, but be educated to choose what is right for you and right for your family and based on your commitment level to your health. So I would say the pros of GMO is what we were talking about before as far as heading toward a food shortage. Correct. Like I think there is a purpose to that extent. On the con side, right, why do we not want GMOs? I mean... Like I said before, an apple the size of your head is not natural. So a lot of genetically modified foods, it looks like an apple, it tastes like an apple, but chemically, it's not really an apple. Right. It's right. not naturally occurring in... Exactly. In nature. So, you know, the other thing about GMO foods is that you don't need the pesticides and herbicides and things like that. Um, on GMO produce, but that's because the bugs don't eat it. Which is troubling. So, well, right. I mean, if you think about it, like some people are like, oh, great, we don't need pesticides and chemicals when we have GMO. But the other side of that is if the bugs won't eat it, right? right? Like if a fly and a worm and a caterpillar can tell that this is not food, Mm -hmm. And we'll say, no, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not really sure why sometimes we think we're smarter. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe the bugs have something on us. Well, I mean, you know, the, I understand the purpose of, of the pesticides. I know, right, there are certain things that are dangerous when they get to the food source. However, right, there are some bugs that are not... Uh, listen, I don't like bugs, but there are, not, there are some <laughs> bugs that are not... They're, they're not unsafe, right? And right. they've always been in certain crops. They've always been, you know, the worm and the apple. The right, like I remember going apple picking as a kid. I grew up in Michigan. We have, you know, the, what's it called? Good God. The, like um, a, whatever. It doesn't matter. The place where you go pick apples. An apple orchard? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it took me a second to, it's okay. <laughs> like we would go to the apple orchard and we would, you know, and we would, Pick apples right. or go to the cider mill. And it's there's a difference between apple juice and cider. Right. <laughs> you know, which if you haven't been around those kinds of fresh apples, you maybe don't know that there's a difference. So, And you've never seen a worm in an apple. Right. right. So now I'm oddly comforted by the worm in the apple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a progression. So that's sort of GMO. So the other thing most people find in their grocery store is organic. So organic, as it relates to our food, references mostly the farming methods. So it means that it's produced or involving production without the use of chemical fertilizers, pesticides, or other artificial agents. So 
organic has been a conversation for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Most of the dirty dozen, although I think that list has expanded, you know, of the foods that you generally want to choose to be organic. I try to make it even simpler than that for people and to say, if you don't eat the rind, like if you don't eat the outside of the fruit, it's not necessarily as important that it be organic. So for example, an orange or a grapefruit where you don't eat the outside or a pineapple, you don't eat the outside, that's less concerning to me than apples and berries and things right. where we do eat, the whole, eat fruit. the whole fruit. So also when it comes to organic, pick your battles. I mean, if the alternative is no food or non-organic berries, like eat the non-organic berries. Right. If the alternative is, you know, Taco Bell or the non-organic food, like eat the non-organic food. It's cool. You know, we choose our battles. I keep saying it, but it's true. Right. You know, the other piece I think that's really important to understand is that being able to label your food organic is really about money. So Mm -hmm. yes, they have to meet these requirements, but then they pay to be able to label their food certified organic. So that brings us to local, right? So local is your farm stand, your farmer's market, your locally sourced food. And those may not say organic. Right. Because... Probably only because they haven't paid for that certification. And it doesn't mean that it's not. A lot of times when you're at a farm stand or a farmer's market, you're able to ask, like, the person standing there, is the person involved in the growing process or the methods? And you can say, you know, do you guys use fertilizers, pesticides, any artificial Right, just about their farming practices, right. Exactly. Um, And when you ask those questions, you're going to get the answers. And so I generally say, you know, Local is the best. Right. You know, local is king. If you can go to a farm stand, I highly recommend it. Um, It's funny. Overstock.com used to have this thing called Overstock Farm Stand, and you could put in your zip code, and it would find a farmer's market near you that would deliver. That's very cool. Yeah, really cool, and it was great for a while, and I guess not enough people knew about it, and so now it doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, I definitely didn't know about it. Um, The latest one I've heard about is called Misfit Delivery. Uh, Misfit Market uh, delivers ugly but otherwise (laughs) uh, perfectly edible fruits and vegetables right to your door. So their mission is to combat food waste and provide affordable, healthful food. Which is awesome. Yeah. So hop online, Misfit Markets, or Misfits Market, and see if they deliver to you in your area. Um, I know, Lauren, you were telling me a story about growing up stopping at this farm. I mean, it's funny because I have no idea if when you were talking about organic, I have no idea if this farm, right, was organic or if they had that certification. And they probably don't. But it's if anyone is in the Wayne, New Jersey area, right, there is this farm stand that we always used to pass by when I was a kid. I hated going to the pediatrician because it was right near the pediatrician. And my mom would stop for hours and buy everything. But it was 45 minutes from our house. And when we were in the area, that's when she would stop. And I now, right, as an adult who cooks and shops for myself, I understand why she was so happy and, you know, to have this available because it wasn't in, like, the local Acme, right, which was our local grocery store or whatever other store she was shopping in regularly. But to have all that produce, she wanted to buy all of it because she was cooking all the time for all of us. And the difference in quality and freshness and everything literally picked right from the farm 
to, to our table was probably immeasurable. Yeah, and I think you can taste the difference. Of course. Well, I, of I don't know if then. <laughs> Although, right, you didn't know then. Now, for sure. Yeah, and, and sometimes I think, too, maybe sometimes the organic doesn't taste as good. You know, come to think of it, I was with a friend in the grocery store yesterday or the day before, and the organic grapes didn't taste as good as the regular grapes. But maybe there's something to that, and maybe I... Full disclosure, I don't know if it's grape season or not, but maybe it's not grape season, and therefore the organic grapes don't taste as good. Right. I don't know. Well, that, that but that's another sort of simple point, I think, is fruits t- are the most tasteful, right? Is that the right word? Sure. They're most tasteful when they are in season, right? When you're, and when you're eating fruit out of season, it's traveling the furthest, right, to yep. get to you. Uh, and I, I think that's probably also what's maybe diminishing the taste. Yeah, and like we were saying before, it sort of goes back like local is most likely to be ripening on the vine the longest and more likely to have that crop rotation. You know, when I did participate in the farmer's market boxes, uh, it changed all the time because they were growing different things all the time. And that's right. really helpful. So to the extent that we can, we want to choose local first organic when necessary, you know, when you have that greater commitment to your health and then just understanding the rest of our food supply. And so the other side of this is that given the diminished nutrients in our food, I think it does make the argument for a high quality multivitamin. Right. I highly recommend that for everyone. Not all supplements are the same. Not all vitamins are the same, but that's a whole other podcast onto itself. Right. I mean, you know, like you said, the goal should be to get a certain number of servings of fruits and vegetables. But given all the information, it's highly unlikely that you will get everything you need from your fruits and vegetables, which is why supplementation is so important. Exactly. And frankly, if we were going to get all of the vitamin C we need from our fruits and vegetables, we would need to eat 10, more than 10 times the amount of fruits and vegetables that our grandparents ate. Right using that spinach example, right? So we have to just be realistic in our lives and think, even if we ate the absolutely textbook perfect diet, which, let's be real, salad and french fries people, (laughs) french fries, like, (laughs) you know. Right. So I leave it to all of you. I hope this was helpful. Definitely. And, you know, eye-opening and also helps sort of clear it up. So go out and eat, people. Right. right? Eat, eat with knowledge. Right. Eat with knowledge. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Salad with a Side of Fries. Congratulations for making yourself and your health a priority. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to click subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Share us with a friend, and we'll be back next week. Always remember, you deserve it, and you are worth it. Happy healthy.